Is this helping? This podcast. We're coming up on 52 original broadcast episodes, meaning that we will have officially put out a year of podcasts. And that's not to mention the bid to banks and the special episodes, but I guess I just am asking for the both of us. Is this helping? So DM me. Let me know. Welcome to Security Today, brought to you by Sprinter Business Solutions. Sprinter has a passion for technology, and with a calling card of the cleanest work environments in the low-voltage industry, Sprinter IT is a robust leader in the technology sector. They lead and manage services, data comm, and security, so check them out at SprinterIT.com and at SprinterDatacom on Instagram. I'm your host, the most intelligent uncle in security. Feels weird saying that, but I'm going to claim it. Uncle Bear, that's right, Uncle B-A-E-R underscore on Instagram and Twitter and at Security Today Podcast on Instagram. So give me a like, give me a follow, and don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and tell your mother that you're doing better. <laughs> for listening. I hope that you have been on the up and up to know that Security Today podcast has released Black Picket Fence. That's right. A Security Today resource. If you head over right now to Instagram uh, at black.picket.fence or blackpicketfenceonline.com, you'll find the way to get that free PDF of operational security. Yes, I said free. Do you even know what operational security is? Well, you're about to find out. On top of all of that, I am going to share a little news with you. <laughs> in a couple of weeks, I'm going to be dropping a brand new segment on Security Today podcast. That's right. You uh, have the original broadcast that you're listening to now. I've done a deep dive or two before. And of course, you already know the Bid to Bank series. But in two weeks, I'm going to be dropping a new segment called The Room Where It Happens. Obviously, based off the Broadway number and the second act of Hamilton, this segment will be interviewing industry leaders about what they are doing and certain trends that are at the cutting edge of security. I'm more pumped than ever to see this podcast growing, and I appreciate the support. My pod Most podcast hosts are like, it's all because of you that this thing keeps going, but it's not. I'm not going to lie to you, okay? I'd still be doing this weekly if not for the single person who it helps, but for me as well. So it's not all about you, okay? But it is about us together in beautiful union and matrimony where my voice and your ears swirl around in a sweet, sweet podcast of love. Do look out for that, though, because the first person I'm going to have on the podcast for the Room Where It Happens segment is a gentleman named Lee Otis. He is a powerhouse and the independent voice for access and smart locks in the industry. He sat in the C-suite and VP roles for Brevo, Unikey, and Avigilon, along with piloting and creating the access control system that was acquired by Latch. We'll be going over his experience in the industry, recapping the flagship conference he just put on called ACS with him and a small team in D.C., and talking trends coming up in the industry. So don't miss it, baby. But first, we got to talk about what we're going to talk about. I gave you the best product highlight of the year last episode with Disruptive Technologies, and I'm about to hit you so hard that next Tuesday be calling, okay? <laughs> I don't know what that means, but today's product highlight is gonna up your game once again. Johnson Controls also got a shakedown from a dark angel. That sounds like a penny, novi penny novel with a steamy bedroom scene to open chapter four. And... 
school shootings. Yes, I couldn't find a way to segue that from my first two quips. So anyways, we're going to get serious and address some alternative, less intrusive to the young mind ways to address the problems. But first, like you know, we do a shout out every single episode this week. We are shouting out at Best Security Systems on Instagram. Best Security Systems is a technology integrator that provides solutions for security, communications, IT, low volt, AV, and more. Zach runs it, and he is a TKW community icon, and I've had the pleasure of literally working alongside of him. So he's sharp as a tack and runs in the Denver area. Dude does it all. You need a VoIP phone? Boom. Zach's got it. You need control for speaker system? Boom. Zach's got it. Access control on the front door? Boom. He's got it. The whole kit and the whole caboodle, people. So give him a lightning emoji and a follow to let him know that you uh, seen him on this podcast and that Unk sent you, and that you heard him right here on security today podcast he's just gonna see that lightning emoji be like what's up what's up what's up so let's get into the chit chat johnson controls the powerhouse jci tyco they're a main industry contributor to serving uh to yeah serving and providing products in hvac uh building automation systems security fire refrigeration and more yeah they got yoinked. That's right. Johnson Controls International has suffered what is described as a massive ransomware attack that encrypted many of the company devices, including the VMware ESXi servers, impacting the company's uh, and its subsidiaries' operations. Since then, many of its subsidiaries, including York, Simplex, and Ruskin, have begun to display technical outage messages on website login pages and customer portals. On the 27th, Nextron Systems... The threat researcher, Gamil Ali, tweeted a sample of the ransom note. It read, Hello, dear management of Johnson Controls International. If you're reading this message, it means your network infrastructure has been compromised. Critical data was leaked. Files are encrypted and backups are deleted by Dark Angels team. The best and only thing you can do is contact us to settle the matter. Now, in an SEC filing, Johnson Controls confirmed that it had experienced disruptions in portions of its internal IT infrastructure and applications. As a result of the ransomware attack, the Dark Angels ransomware where group has claimed responsibility for the attack and claims to have exfiltrated over 25 terabytes of data from the organization. The threat? If a whopping $51 million ransom is not paid, Dark Angels say that their stolen data will be published on quote-unquote Dunghill Leaks site. Although this was a big fish to fry, and we'll see how it pans out. The fact that they targeted such a large organization means that the FBI, the CISA, and so on will pour considerable effort into attempting to identify those responsible as if, because if they got away with this, well, they'd be the number one threat on the market. Into the product highlight. Ooh, I got a good one for you. Last week, it was disruptive technologies. If you don't know, you know. <laughs> you got to go back and listen to that, and you got to check them out. And I want to know if they're you're using it out there in the field. I think that was the best one of the year, but this is a close runner-up. I don't know if you've heard of them, but Control by Web. Have you heard of them? DM me. Essentially, from a security perspective, connect any device and monitor and control it over the web. Control by Web makes remote controllers, and in their words, quote, 
Our remote I.O. controllers and Ethernet I.O. products are designed to be extremely reliable for web control and monitoring of electrical devices. We feature a variety of I.O. products, such as the original Web Relay, which is a web-controlled relay with a digital input that we developed back in 2005. Since then, we have been making top-of-the-line products for industrial automation, data collection, and monitoring, end quote. You can explore more at controlweb.com, but I would highlight their upper crust product, the Web Relay. Imagine a tiny box with a Phoenix connector for voltage in, input power, and 5 volt out next to a normally open, normally closed common terminal and an Ethernet port. That's it. But that's everything. It comes with a browser-based UI loaded into it, so no programming is required. It can operate a Modbus TCP as a as a Modbus TCP slave. It's password protected. A 12 amp relay is on it. Optically isolated input that can be used to monitor the state of devices. Control the relay or control a remote relay somewhere else on the network. A DIN rail or wall mountable. And it has a five year warranty. I mean, I could go on and on about how you would use this in web control or peer to peer control, allowing it to even be used without a computer after setup. Um, But I am going to push you to go see what you need to see. But I'm telling you right now, they they can sit on the network and then it wherever it is, it can activate a switch applying a control voltage to one unit and then cause another unit to trip. But over the network, (laughs) sorry, sorry, sorry. I guess all in all, um, from the humble words of Pusha, that's the reason we ball for circle round twice for the encore. If you know, you know, on to the meat. Now, I've talked about schools and the safety needed to be implemented through security several times on this podcast, but it is too important and unfortunately too pressing of a topic to not circle back to it every time I get the chance. So far, 29 school shootings resulted in injuries or death across the United States in 2023 alone. Now, that's not to shy away from the winds either. For instance, back in August, an armed man attempted to enter a school in Memphis, but proper safety measures prevented him from entering the school or causing harm to anyone inside. So this issue isn't always just a screaming bullhorn of we need security. This is there is a security out there. There is security out there, sorry, and it is doing its job sometimes, but thwarting violence requires much more than increased security and police presence. The prevalence of these tragedies in combination with the documented increase in youth mental health concerns should push educational institutions to move forward with multi-pronged prevention strategies. Rebecca Wheeler, in her article, A Preventive Approach to School Safety in 2023 in Security Mag, details a four-pronged approach to school safety and what needs to be considered as we progress into the future. I want to go over these things because I think that it is critical that we are all on the same page when it comes to this. So first is implementing proper training. Wheeler hits it on the head when she says the most critical trainings here will center around students' social and emotional well-being. While most educators have spent plenty of time familiarizing themselves with teaching theories, content specific to their roles and areas of expertise, and overall process of childhood development, many have not been trained in the field of mental health itself. Furthermore, 
Teachers have spent plenty of time in seminars and live drills walking through a school shooting alongside local law enforcement. But the unfortunate part about this is that these live action school shooting drills, eh, they don't really work. They are at the heart of the best intent, and it's admirable that teachers and police officers are taking action and trying to combat a very real problem. It can be seen that it can be seen that in 2015 and 2016, 95% of public schools held active shooter drills where schools locked down and students confined to a space. Uh, many states now actually mandate such drills, although one study did conclude that after an active shooter drill, 60% of the students surveyed felt unsafe, scared, helpless, or sad as a result of the drill. This is psychologically adding a mental load to children as young as six and seven that isn't proving to be warranted as when the situation does actually arise. These drills are showing no evidence of instilling actual preparedness. I believe that the issue can be addressed from a less intrusive program where we understand that most school shootings actually last three minutes and almost all of them are under 10 minutes. Therefore, it is essential to slow down the potential shooter in their path of destruction. And while run-hide fight is a great concept for adults, the path of destruction in schools should take our actual focus. Obstacles put in the way of quick access are key. Two-step entry and lockdown doors. Alert buttons distributed to classrooms and video surveillance coupled with AI. Blueprints should be on file at the local precinct and precinct police should be familiar with the school building layouts with police drills ran on weekends or while school is off to keep apprised of the landscape. There should be a maintenance program on every school electronic security system being regularly checked by professionals. These are all things that are going to make leaps and bounds without chipping away the psyche of the children. Wheeler digresses from my topic saying, quote, from youth suicide awareness and prevention to student mental health courses to active assailant preparedness training, such instruction will drive community alignment on warning signs. The right training will also educate students on how to reach out for further assistance, whether it's them for themselves or someone else, and ensure staff members know how to address such concerns when they arise. Which leads us to the second prong in this approach, and that's the power of reporting. Empowering students and staff to ask for help begins uh, with making sure everyone knows when and why and how they should reach out with their concerns. A key element of establishing this culture of trust involves connecting safety education with mobile risk intelligence communication platforms to remove any barriers of reporting. Because when it comes to promoting student safety, the proper training will only go so far. When concerns like suicide or violence emerge, students should be confident that by saying something, they are helping the individual in question instead of potentially getting somebody into trouble. And with risk intelligence, school staff can gain insights into their institution's threat landscape, revealing any concerning behavioral patterns and improve understanding and prevention strategies. Furthermore, if in, uh, if and when prevention efforts fail, well, now these communication platforms actually serve as an emergency mass notification system or an EMNS. And that means that users can broadcast critical safety and security alerts to keep their colleagues informed and updated in a time of need. And this will bleed into the third prong, 
and help what needs to happen, which is fostering a sense of community. Fostering a climate where students can build relationships with teachers and administrators to pa- is paramount to the whole system healing our educational environment. And look, to be honest, the real root of the problem stems from us becoming a fatherless nation and maybe for shits and giggles sometime, I'll touch on that in a podcast. But when addressing the environment that most kids spend the majority of their day in, we need to really take an approach of caring about their mental space not just their test scores or if they've ran the right drills. The students need to be able to feel safe and supported if they're brave enough to engage with staff on a concerning issue. And this is where social and emotional learning come in. Building these skills is critical to fostering a sense of belonging and enabling community members to identify warning signs so that they can connect students to the relevant resources when necessary. Listen, a holistic approach to prevention can't just simply rely on physical security and emergency training alone. Teaching warning signs will only go so far if students don't feel the level of comfort they need to speak with staff when such warning signs arise. And finally, the fourth prong, which is the necessity to take a proactive and concrete approach to promoting school safety. Security leaders looking to solidify their emergency preparedness and prevention efforts should ask themselves these following questions, according to Wheeler. For instance, have we established a confidential reporting system for safety concerns and trained community members on how to appropriately use it? Do we provide comprehensive training on topics like mental health awareness, fostering belonging, and active assailant preparedness? Have we clearly communicated our safety initiatives to parents and our broader community? Do we promote an inclusive school climate where students feel comfortable disclosing safety and mental con- or mental health concerns? Wheeler states, answering no to any of those questions means that it's time to reconsider and reimagine the approach to student safety. So what can we do as the integrator? Some of us are in a position to lead this conversation with a client, whether we're uh, you know, in sales or sales engineering or solutions export or even the owner of the company. And even if we are on the ground and we're just a technician and pulling wire for a school, We can bring this conversation up to our supervisor or the account manager, but in all aspects, we all can talk to the school staff and the students that are in our lives. This conversation might feel awkward to breach, but it's always wished for on the other side of a situation when it was absent. Mental health should be a check-in topic with your favorite coworker or your partner or your sibling or parent and especially your child. We need to start taking care of each other, and we are all in positions to bring this topic to the surface. So reach out to local representatives or people you know and you uh, work with in the industry, and, and then try to work yourself in this industry into a position to help this cause if the chance arises. It's not just be the better tech on this one. It's like be the better human, okay? That's it for security today. Remember, the podcast is brought to you by Sprinter Business Solutions at SprinterDatacom on Instagram. DM me at Uncle Bear, B-A-E-R underscore, with your thoughts, your stories, your resources. If you've implemented something like Control by Web, DM me. I want to see pics. I want to know how it went. This podcast is driven by interactions with fantastic technicians on the Instagram platform, on LinkedIn. So just like at, um, so Oh, I'm sorry. So just like follow 
people ju- that are good technicians. Sorry, my phone is ringing right now in the middle of a podcast, but I ain't stopping, baby. I'm here for you. I ain't stopping. No, just uh, just like best security systems. You can follow them on Instagram. Show them some love. Also follow at Technology Worldwide as they are a community that is changing the technology sector on the ground level. A whole new genre of philanthropy. Get in now and reap the crown later, my suckers. Also, also check out Black Picket Fence online. Get your free PDF. Stay apprised on the next course coming down the pipe because it's going to be a banger. <laughs> That's a little treat for you, though, that stayed this long. Hang turn the podcast off yet guess what i'm writing an access control wiring course right now and it's gonna come with bonus wiring diagrams and a whole nine so stay tuned all right (laughs) we'll see you next time on security today 